All these programs, though, while I think they can save you massive amount of times, still require human touch. And so, and that's what I kind of preach to clients is, hey, you know, we're going to automate your show, but you need to mix the power of AI, automation, and human power to really bring it all together. Welcome back to Oh My Pod. My name is Justin J. Moore, and I'm one of your hosts, along with my fiance, Celine Albertini, soon to be Celine Moore. Wink, wink. On this episode, we interviewed Mark Savant, the founder of the podcast production agency, Mark Savant Media. Mark specializes in helping thought leaders launch and automate podcasts. He hosts the globally ranked top 1% podcast, After Hours Entrepreneur, which highlights industry disruption, such as AI, automation, and independent media. He also leads dozens of entrepreneurs in his mastermind community. So Mark's podcast, After Hours Entrepreneur, is super successful. He's got like over 350 episodes at the point of recording this. And he's had guests on that are ridiculous. Like I'm talking like Eric Sue, Neil Patel from Marketing School and all their other business ventures, Patrick Bet David, John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, really, really big industry giants. So we really dug into how he got those guests on this episode. He talks about how he used the theory of going where the attention is underpriced and how he actually used threads right at the start of threads where there wasn't as much engagement as there was on like Instagram and stuff. And so how he was able to get the attention of these people and bring them on his show. This was really cool. There's a lot of seriously practical and actionable advice in here if you're trying to build a show the way that Mark has. I think you're really going to enjoy this. If you find something valuable here, all we ask is that you share it with a friend. Don't keep it to yourself. Uh, if you found something valuable, then somebody else probably will too. So we're just trying to build a community here, help as many people as possible. Thanks so much. Enjoy. Mark, welcome to the show. I'm really excited that you're here. What's up? What's up? What's up? Glad to be here, brother. Yeah, seriously. This is uh, this is super, super cool. You're you're doing some really, really cool things. Um, your podcast is epic. You're uh, like a veteran there. And mm. you've had some crazy guests who, like, whose podcasts I've listened to for ages, who I've been big, like, big, a big fan of for a long time. I can't wait to get into that. Um, so, yeah, I, I appreciate that you, I appreciate when people who are super successful at what they do take the time to come on to maybe a smaller show like this to deliver some some value and talk about what you do and talk to us. So thank you for that. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you so Very much. Welcome. You're welcome, Celine. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, totally. I like to ask a question at the start because Celine and I love traveling. Celine is from Italy uh, and I am from Western Canada. And so we end up having to travel a lot back and forth. Yep. Uh, like not a quick trip. <laughs> but, yeah. Kind of like um, half around the world every time. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We have to do it all the time. And that's great. Um, so we like to ask people, where is your favorite place that you've ever traveled to and why do you like it so much? Gosh, I've, I've had the honor of traveling to a lot of different places. Colorado holds a, a place in my heart. I love Colorado. I love snowboarding. Perhaps one of my favorite places that I visited was Poland, though. My wife is 100% Polish. She has a lot of family Ooh. there. So getting a chance to go and, and see the culture and see her family is really cool. It's not necessarily the funnest place to go, yeah, uh, but you know, happy wife, happy life. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. My great grandpa, uh, was Polish from lived in Poland, um, until the second world war. So have some family ties there as well. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the, one of the downsides though, is the liquor. I don't, I don't drink anymore, but when the last time we were there, we were visiting one of her, one of her family friends who has this farm out in the middle of well, the Polish farmland and yeah. he created his own potato liquor and we were drinking. I had the worst hangover the next day. Um, but what was convenient is that the restroom was very, very small, like 
very small. It's kind of like an airport or an airplane restroom. Yeah. And so, well, you didn't have to go far to uh, to clear out your system. We'll just say that. Perfect. <laughs> Potato liquor. That is the we- like people. Can people just make liquor out of anything? Yes. Uh, I'm going to answer that. Yes. We have liquor really? also for a ton of different things. Yes. You can l- make liquor out of everything. Well, that's uh, I've learned something already. Buyer beware, sure. though, because it was intense. It was an intense experience. Oh, my God. I <laughs> bet. <laughs> that's super funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I would like to go to Poland one day, I think. But um, have yeah. you ever been to Italy before, Mark? I have been to Italy. Italy is amazing. That might be on my top list too. Okay. One of the things I thought was kind of funny though is we had, this is back before cell phones were a thing. Okay. So we had this map, I bought this guide map. We were traveling around the city and we were at the Pantheon and we're like, let's have lunch in front of the Pantheon, this old historical monument. It's been there for, I mean, centuries and we're eating lunch outside there and right across the Pantheon is a Starbucks and a McDonald's. We're like, this is weird. This is kind of weird that uh, McDonald's is taking over over here. You, you yeah. hit the nail on the head with that. We were also sitting in front of the Pantheon eating lunch. And my my thought about Rome in general was that it is very, very like touristy and, yeah. and um, like not Americanized, but but I mean, like we had a waitress at one of the first restaurants that we went to who didn't speak Italian. It's like, what? Yeah, like, I was like, but I thought we were in like, Italy. <laughs> I felt sick after that. Like, I felt really sick after that. Um, McDonald's opened in Italy when I was little. I re- I still remember the first McDonald's opening. That was like a big deal. But it's to this day the well, we have Burger King, I guess. But those are the only two fast foods that we had until. Two years ago when KFC opened as well. But, like, we don't have a lot of fast food at all. I think that those are the only three things we really have. And yeah. Starbucks opened and um, failed completely. Um, they had to close, like, 80% of their stores uh, one or two years ago. Because the coffee's better everywhere else. <laughs> and, and like, it's just cheaper. prices of Starbucks are just not at level with the ones in Italy 100%. for coffee. Because coffee is really 100%. cheap in Italy. So, yeah. That yeah. didn't work. Um, <laughs> but to talk podcasting stuff, um, this is funny because this is just how the last interview went too. We can totally like talk about traveling and stuff. I love it. Um, but we are here to talk shop, talk, talk podcasting, um, talk marketing, business. Um, you've got an epic show. and But uh, you also have a really cool story about how you got into podcasting. And I think it's one that happens to a lot of people when they start somewhere and realize that that's maybe not where they want to be. And then there's a huge shift that happens. And then they end up somewhere where they clearly love what they do, what they're doing. You clearly love what you're doing. You're building something huge, but just briefly tell us about how you went from where you were to what you're up to now. Sure. So my story in 60 seconds, I was working in an insurance agency, got into that right after I graduated from college Five years, I was making great money. Five years in though, I was like, this sucks. I hate this. I hate getting yelled at because a claim is denied or the premiums went up or the deductible is too high or whatever reason people complain about insurance, which there's many reasons. And I said, I got to do something different. So I started exploring all sorts of different business opportunities. The uh, side note, I should also mention that I saw where the industry was going. More and more policies were being written online and being serviced online. I said, well, where does that put me? 
I don't want to just be another cog in the wheel. I want to do my own thing. Started looking at tons of different businesses. Eventually, I recognized that I'm listening to podcasts every day to learn. Why not start my own? And within a month of starting my podcast, I'd spoken to a Super Bowl champion and people I'd seen on TV. I was like, this is dope. I'm in. And now we're five years later. I host the After Hours Entrepreneur, which is ranked in the top 1% globally. I've had some of the best entrepreneurs in the world on the show. And I'm just really excited about the opportunities that podcasting provides. Yeah. Amazing. You have had some of the coolest guests ever on the show. Um, Was there a particular episode that you really liked? Oh, man. Like Eric Sue and Neil Patel. Like when I was really digging like because i'm i'm 23 so i i was in business school when i was uh like 19 and or 18 and 19 and kind of same thing as you it j- i just felt like a cog in a bigger wheel and i'm just not so big on that so i dropped out of school to do business myself and actually i dropped out of school to do music um but it was like a music business kind of crossover thing that i was doing but uh marketing school by neil patel and eric sue um, for anybody who doesn't know, it's, it's like a daily podcast where they, it's like five or six minute episodes every day. That show really helped me like a lot. And, uh, like you, I was doing most of my education through, through podcasting. And so, um, I kind of went the other way because I had the skill of already producing in the music world and podcasting was sort of an easy shift. And so producing shows ended up being, um, where, where I was at, but then we ended up starting this show as well. So, um, now we're also podcasting and yeah, I love it. Like I really love podcasting. It, it's definitely awesome. I'll give you the, the, the framework on how I actually landed them is guests. Like in addition to them, I've had Evan Carmichael, Pat Flynn, David Altucher, John Jordan Lee Dumas, Harbinger, right? John Lee Dumas three yeah. times now, three David times, Meltzer, three times. Oh. Yeah. So I've had a lot of awesome guests, but I'll give you the framework really to, that I use to land Eric Sue and Neil Patel. Cause I agree. I've been watching Neil Patel for a while. He's got one of the largest marketing companies in the world. He's got 700 employees. He's yeah, it's when ridiculous. I talked to him, he was in like New York, but the previous week he was in Dubai and then India. He's all over the place. So this is the key. You got to get on their radar, right? We have to get on their radar. And mm-hmm. unfortunately it's difficult to do that when these companies and these individuals are so big. And one of the ways that you can do that is by going to where the underpriced attention is Gary V style. Where's the underpriced attention? So for them specifically, I connected through Instagram threads, Instagram threads Mm. when it first launched was blowing up. And so what I did is I followed all the people that I wanted to have on my show and I unfollowed or muted anyone that was outside that genre. I only wanted to see posts from these people. And whenever they would post, I would leave a, a detailed remark immediately as quickly as possible. And eventually as I was talking to Eric, I said, Eric, I, I, this is probably six to 10 posts in after I had been replying to his posts. And I said, I'd love to have you on my podcast to talk about this topic. By this time, he recognizes my face because I keep commenting. And because I'm competing only against a dozen people who are leaving comments, as opposed to his Instagram, where he's getting a couple hundred comments, I was able to stand out. It was, it's new, it's hip. There's a lot of attention there. And I was able to land a podcast with him. And then after the podcast, it went great. It was lovely. It was beautiful. We talked about AI and marketing and a lot of cool topics. I said, Hey, what's up? What about, what about Neil? I'd love to have Neil on the show too. He said, that's how you do it, man. You just, just, he's, he responds to email, just shoot him an email. And I did. And I, and I scheduled him the next week. So huge win. Those podcast episodes are, are two of my favorites. So to like boil it down 
go. I like that quote that you said, go to where the attention is underpriced. And for you, it was threads. You saw an opportunity. Um, and then you played the long game. You, you, you did a lot of giving before you asked for anything back. And obviously anybody getting feedback on their content is like, it's that's you're providing value to them by engaging with their content like that. And then you ask, but then you did something which we also did to get the guests um, that we got as well, which is once you've got one guy in the door and, you know, sitting inside your little podcast circle, um, he can just ask uh, Eric as a friend, you know what I mean? Or, or you, you ended up getting his email, but what we did is like, we just got one, the one guy to ask the other guy as a friend, like, Hey, like, you know, here's a, here's a show I was just on. I think you'd like it. And that's just such an easy in because to get a recommendation like that is like, you know, that's, you're going to have a great chance of getting that person on the show. Um, and so, yeah, so you're going where the attention is underpriced and then you're asking for a guest, uh, kind of like a, a referral almost. Exactly. And, you know, before that I landed some huge guests like Sean Cannell, um, Pat Flynn, Jasmine Starr, David Meltzer, this was a few years ago during COVID. I was hosting rooms in Clubhouse, which is where the underpriced right. attention was. Clubhouse. So if these people got invited, in, this is how I got JLD, John Lee Dumas. As they join into my Clubhouse rooms that I'm in, I get a chance to talk with them. I said, hey, why don't we keep this conversation going on my podcast? And boom, develop the relationship. They could hear that I was serious, that I was doing good things. I was connected. And uh, the rest is history. So... Did you like when you are approaching a big guest like that, how, what kind of, like, what kind of words are you saying or what kind of, um, how are you showing them that you're serious? Is it just your energy or are you, do you have a framework that you use to transition the conversation into, can you come onto my podcast so that we can talk about blank or how, how do you do that? Well, so, I mean, marketing 101, sales 101, which I consider it a sale. You're trying to sell them on joining on your show is we want to try to look at what that person wants. Typically what these people want is they want to, to feel important and or reach new audiences. The other thing I think that's really important is you need to make sure that you have a professional looking digital presence. You know, the first thing you, they're going to do when they see this is they're going to go to your YouTube. They're going to go to your Instagram. They're going to go to your Facebook. And if you're never posting or if you're posting and you get one like that, 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 I don't know what to say. That's a problem. It's going to be harder to land the big guest. A hundred percent. If you, if you don't have those things, there's other things that you can lean on, right? Maybe you have a big email list or maybe you have a history, or maybe you can say, these are other guests that have agreed to join the show. And so right. leveraging the tools and the expertise that you have, uh, wherever that is, that's what you want to do. Yeah. I like that. Play, play, play your strengths a hundred percent. Yeah. I've been, uh, like a lot of times this is sort of a side sidebar, but when, but when I'm talking to people who might not usually answer DMS from just anybody or something like that, then I'll even reach out on my personal Instagram, which has a bunch more followers. And that way, like, it's kind of, it's kind of, uh, a bit like something that I'm not too like fond of in the industry. Maybe it's like a little bit um, superficial, but just because I have like the blue check mark or like you have the blue check mark, then people are like more likely to even answer. But a lot of the guests that I've gotten on the show has just been through DMing on Instagram and uh, kind of starting the conversation there. And, um, but I, I agree. You should, you, just like you said, like you gotta, you gotta tell them how they're going to, how they're going to benefit from being on the show. 
And a lot of people just want an opportunity to talk about what they do, talk about their life story. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I completely agree with that. And then um, the next thing that I wanted to ask you, which is sort of more about your show, which you've gotten like, you got hundreds of episodes. You've got, I think it was like 700 K views on YouTube. You got 150 plus reviews. Um, So what, what were like, was it just that you were consistent and you got big guests and they shared it or what were the, what were the biggest pieces that moved the dial for you to create such an awesome show? Well, consistency and just always trying to be better. Like I'll look at back on my shows from a year ago. I'm like, wow, I was terrible. I was so, <laughs> and that's, be, you know, not because I'm very critical on myself, but I'm just always looking to get better. How can I improve my mic? Even now people say, Mark, you sound so good. I'm like, yeah, but my S is, how can I reduce that? And maybe I can put some more soundboards up. So there needs to be a constant pursuit of being better. I think, Uh, which I, which I also think comes with enjoying the craft, but, but listen, we got to talk about the iTunes reviews for a minute here because people are sleeping on iTunes reviews. What are y'all doing? No way. I, you know, people always ask me, Mark, how do you grow a show? And I say, you need more iTunes reviews. You've got two reviews. You're not credible. And it's like, they, I don't know what, I feel like I have to shake people because they don't listen to this. I'll give you something that's super practical, super simple that every single person should be doing in your calendar link. I don't care what the calendar link is for. It could be meet me for coffee or book to be on my podcast. You should have a request for people to leave a five-star review on iTunes with the link. This should be on every calendar request that you send out. Okay, we will do that right now. <laughs> Literally, write a note. Because we don't have that. Put, yeah, take some notes, Lane, seriously. It's the low-hanging fruit. It's, it's in, by Just by doing this alone, if you're booking calendar appointments, you're going to get, you know, we'll call it two to four iTunes reviews per month, maybe more. And you don't even have to ask for it. It's right there. It's, right. Ah, I just want to see more people doing this. It's so simple. You're right though about the credibility thing. Like it's yeah. something that it's, it's something that when I see, when I see a show that's got like eight, let's say like 80 plus or even 50 plus reviews immediately, it's like something that you can't really lie about. Like it just shows professional, like professionalism. And um, so it, it is like, it's, it's sort of when you know that a show has made it to like the next level, like it's a legitimate production at that point. And if you're trying to get guests on your show, like big guests, like you're talking about, yeah, that would move the dial a hundred percent seeing that you have a hundred reviews plus for sure. Yeah. And you know, people will say, and I'm, I'm with, you know, we talked about in the pre-show things that I believed before that I don't believe now, but I was always, this guy was like, screw vanity metrics, vanity metrics, just hurt your, your mental state. The reality is they really psychologically they're important. The vanity metrics are important. Likes matter. Comments yeah. matter. Yes. Reviews matter. Yeah, if you're you, if you have a business online or if you're a person in the public then of course it matters. Like and, telling and you it doesn't is just a lie. Yeah. Of course it does. I have a friend who does Amazon sales. That's that's what he does. And when you're launching a product on Amazon Amazon fulfillment by Amazon. The first thing you do is give away as much stuff as for free in return for reviews. Really? Hey, yeah, I've seen about, I actually randomly 
on TikTok. It popped up how to do that, and I liked it. So I was watching a few, and I know this, and they do this. Like, the, obviously, you don't buy stuff from Amazon without a review. Would no. you ever? I would no. never. I always think it's a scam. So you need those reviews, and people will do it. They just give you free stuff. Just leave a review. 100%. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, the, the, the reviews matter. So, you know, when you're looking at getting on better guests, growing your podcast, attracting new listeners, finding ways to engage your audience and, and build up these quote unquote vanity metrics, it's, it's an important piece. That's good advice. And I mean, yeah, yeah like it's like you said, the, the I, I never, I haven't really heard it called that, but vanity metrics, I'm going to, I'm going to use that because you're you're right in that it feels wrong especially when you're starting for that to be something that you pay attention to because it is like it is literally the definition of of superficial but it does provide people with information about you and about what you do and um like i said with my with my account that gets way more replies to dms because of a follower count and a little blue mark which people can pay for, by the way, now. So it's not even like a yeah, an actual nothing. verification metric yeah, anymore, exactly. which I think is so stupid. But we'll get let's not get into that. But anyways, um, yeah. So I, I I totally agree with what you're saying. And so would you would you say that the guests that you've had on have have they been sharing the content and has this brought a, a marked increase in downloads on specific episodes? Like, is that where you're getting the bulk of the growth from? That is definitely a big piece of it. And I'll give you a couple examples. I had Jasmine Starr on the show. This is a few years ago. It's about three years ago when the show was was in its infancy. And I was able to land her because she was. we got to engage in Clubhouse. It's where the underpriced attention was. I was able to get on her radar and she agreed to it. Right. She comes on the show and she enjoyed the episode so much that she said, Hey, Mark, I'd like to share this on my podcast also. So oh. her and her team repurposed it for her podcast the very day that it went live, I saw a huge spike in downloads and I got a bunch of DMs with the co- quote unquote code word for that episode, which I think was Clubhouse, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, uh, just so I knew where the traffic was coming from. The same exact thing happened a few weeks ago. I had James Altucher on the show, who's an award-winning author. He's written 25 books, most of which were on the New York Times bestseller list. And his Jeez. podcast gets 3 million downloads a month. Same thing. Enjoyed the episode, requested the download, uh, requested we sent him the raw files and shared it. So this is another hack. When you have someone on your show that's delivering great value, ask them if they'd like the raw, raw content to share on their podcast. It's just an easy way to get more downloads, which, by the way, we could talk about that after this episode's over. <laughs> yeah, that's, that <laughs> is epic, man. Like, I, I, so, okay, just a question about the actual logistics. So you have, do you have, like, the full raw audio and then do does the other person who grabs the podcast, like who takes the audio afterwards, do they then like you're saying repurpose? So do they re-edit it or can you just like can you just send them the fully produced audio that let's say our team does and they just repost it? Or would you want to switch it up a little bit? Like how does that actually work? Either either or is fine. Like when I was working with Neil Patel, he asked me to send him the raw stuff, and then he and okay. his team created some like really, really dope clips for Instagram. So, you know, other, other people that you have on your show might not have the production team behind them, the post-production team like Anil has. So it depends. And I think that's something to, to talk about. I certainly send finished clips and finished graphics to, to guests, but this is the other problem that people, 
really smart. But here's yeah. the problem that a lot of people run into when it's go when it goes to getting your guests to share. Your guests are busy. I don't know what to tell you. They're running business. They have kids. They have wives and husbands. Like they're busy. When you yeah. send a guest a huge wall of text with a link to share with their across their LinkedIn and their YouTube and their Instagram, they're not going to do it. It's too much. You have to make it as easy as possible. The easiest way as possible is just to let them know that it's live, of course. Really short, link to the episode. But where you're really going to get the shares is when you go into Instagram and you and you invite them to be a collaborator. Hey, mm. by the way, I just invite you to be a collaborator. All they need to do is press the button. And it goes right onto their page. That's it. It's on their grid. It blasts out. Same thing with LinkedIn. Hey, I post on LinkedIn. All they have to do is hit the button. Right. They all, Twitter or X, all I need to do is hit the button. The, the less steps that they need to do, the greater the likelihood that they're going to share. It's very yeah. important. That is 100%. also really, really freaking good advice. Yeah. Celine, write that down. Uh, messaging <laughs> we'll, we'll the VA here. right now to invite <laughs> to everybody as email. a collaborator. Shorten yeah, emails. The, Her emails yeah. are sometimes so long. I'm like, no, shorter. Yeah, we preach that. We do. 100%. I know people's time is incredibly valuable. And uh, uh, okay, this is this is super, super good. This is really why I like having people who have like big shows like you have onto the show because there's just advice and insight that like, I haven't heard this anywhere else. Um, so first of all, thank you. Audience probably thanks you as well. Um, I want to know, um, first of all, I, I just have like a, a question that I was wondering about. Somebody else might also find this valuable. I saw your podcast website and it's really good. It's just like, it's, I mean, it's your website, but it's a one page on your website. Um, how, how important do you think setting something like that up is for a show, uh, to have, you know, your like recent episodes on there. Um, and then oh, I forget what else you have, but I really liked the pieces, the elements that you had on there. So how, how important do you think that that is for a podcast? It, it depends. It depends. I, I think that if you're able to, and you have the bandwidth, it's actually really important because okay. what you want with a podcast is you want traffic. You want traffic. Do you really want to be sending traffic to Anchor or to Spotify? No, you really you really want the traffic to go to your website. Because at your website, like marksavantmedia.com, for example, you go to the website, not only do you see the podcast, but you're going to see the offers that I have in my business and an invite to my mastermind community. And you have a chance to sign up for my, my email newsletter. If you're just going to iTunes and listening, there's less opportunity to create awareness. So I, I think it's incredibly important. You know, if you're able, if, if you don't have the bandwidth and that, which I get, I get, I've been doing this a long time. If you don't have the bandwidth to create a separate episode post or blog post for every single guest, <laughs> at the very least, you want to have a single page with an embedded link so people can listen to the podcast. You can have calls to action, but at the very least, you want to have something on your website that's a dedicated page to your podcast. It's just, the, again, it's the low hanging fruit. Good point about the traffic thing. Why would you want to send traffic to a big, massive giant when you could have it right on your website, right next to a page about what your business does and what your offer is and what your, you know what I mean? That is, yeah, that's really, really smart. Um, and by the way, traffic attracts traffic. The more traffic that goes to your website, the more likely your website is to be recommended to others. And then you can create backlinks. Exactly. That's really smart. Um, so 
I just wanted to know about that because it's something that um, some people say yes, some people say it's not as important because you do have like the RSS feed from the the hosting platform and it shows the episodes and it gives you the links to the different platforms you can go. But um, yeah, why not have it on your your site next to all your other stuff? That's um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, so in your in 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 our pre pre uh, talk pre pre show talk, we talked a little bit about that you're interested in AI. Uh, who isn't? It's super super hot right now. Um, it's changing everything. We already are using a lot of AI tools for our podcast and for our clients. Um, helping to carry some of the responsibilities from producing a show and writing and all that stuff. What kind of AI tools do you use for your podcast, or you're interested in? What's interesting you about AI right now in general? Wow, AI changes it changes the game. You know, if if you're going to stand out in any field, you need to be experimenting and try to find that blue ocean, as it were, something that's different. Um, we use a bunch of different AI programs at at my at my podcast agency. Uh, CapCut is really great for video editing. Descript is a really popular option, not totally. just for audio and text, but for video as well. My team seems to love that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some pretty cool stuff happening, some pretty cool plugins for Adobe Premiere Pro that my team has been using. Mm-hmm. We use Swell, CapShow. We use Cast Magic. These are all great tools wow. for copywriting. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. Yeah, we used Swell for a second as well. We have a similar program that we use for for writing. So we know about that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yep. The, the writing is cool. I mean, all these programs, though, while I think they can save you a massive amount of times, still require human touch. They were, you 100%. know. 100%. Yes. And so, and that's what I kind of preach to clients is, Hey, you know, we're going to automate your show, but you need to mix the power of AI automation and human power to really bring it all together. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's like, AI is so tremendous. Even just chat GPT, for example, if anyone who's launched a podcast before you realize how hard it is to come up with a great name, it's tough. It's, it's like really difficult. My yeah. show, The After Hours Entrepreneur, it took me three months to come up with a name before finally releasing it. I could yeah. have released it probably 60 days earlier if I could just come up with a better name. Um, but even using a program like ChatGPT to determine names will save you so much time. Um, the first thing I'd look, I would look for is like, what are the keywords that we're trying to rank for? Mm-hmm. What are people actually searching for on Google? on YouTube, et cetera. And then I want, I'll, I'll go to chat GPT and I'll say, Hey, please leverage the word internet marketing, create some cool titles for my show. And right. just using chat GPT as a way of inspiring yourself and kind of thinking through different options, whether it's your intro, your outro, maybe you need to record videos. I just landed a sponsorship deal with a, uh, with a pretty big company. I was using AI to come up with different ideas for what I could talk about. Cool. Yeah. Super powerful. It is. Yeah. It is. ChatGPT is a is a tool that you have to really like learn how to use. Um, yes. Sorry. And so, we're, yeah, we're we've just that? started yeah. learning it better and it's incredible. Um yeah. I definitely use it for things like getting names. Like Justin has a natural talent for creative stuff. So he doesn't really need it, but I do. <laughs> I do need it. And I use it well, all the also time a language barrier, and it's amazing. Right? Yeah, of course. My mother tongue is obviously not English. So for me, it's more difficult and certain words just don't live in my brain like English words. So I really need chat. Chat's awesome. He yep. saves my life. The creative work takes so much. It, there's a massive amount of mental fatigue that goes into creative work. Oh my work. God. Yeah. 
I mean, people just, I think some people take it for granted. And um, if, if you can use chat GPT to like unblock yourself, it can bring up different avenues that you hadn't thought of. The other, another cool thing with chat GPT is automations. I, I use chat GPT with Xavier to automate, do some really cool things. And I'll give you a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Super cool workflow. I had the entire workflow on my YouTube channel, Mark Savant, but what, what I, what you can do, this is a cool tactic is reach out to, let's say CEOs, let's say you want to generate relationships with CEOs, send out a bunch of uh, messages to CEOs. This could be Instagram or LinkedIn. You send out a bunch of messages to CEOs and you say, Hey, I'd love to feature you on my website blog. Please do me a favor and fill out this Google form. I'll feature you on the blog and I'll send you a link once it's done uh, with all the backlinks. This will be good for you to get free attention. No cost to them. It'll take them maybe, let's say, five minutes to fill out the form. Ask questions like, tell me about yourself, your business, what's important to you, yada, yada. Uh, Then that form in Google uses Zapier to send it to ChatGPT. ChatGPT will write the entire article for you. It'll write the entire blog article for you. You take that blog article. It'll give you all the information you need too, like the links and their name and whatnot. You take all that custom created written word. You clean it up a little bit. You throw it on your website or you hire a VA to put on your website. Exactly. Five, six bucks an hour. Yeah. Depending on where you're at. And then all of a sudden you've made a connection. You've led with value you've developed a relationship with that CEO and you're creating content for your website and you're getting more SEO and, and ranking and authority with Google. It's, it's like, it's such a simple thing all because you're just implementing Zapier and chat GPT. And there's, that's one example. There's a lot of different things you can do when it comes to this automation. Yeah. I, I like Love. what you, yeah, I, I like what you're doing um, with with your clients or it sounds like what you're doing with your clients automating their podcasts. It says that also in your Instagram bio that you help people automate podcasts. So, um, there's so many tools and so many strategies that people can use to make the whole process so much easier. And I do think that, um, something like learning how to use chat GPT, the best way we actually talked to a, a, a guy and his business partner, mm-hmm. um, Nick Nalback and Mark Ronick who have next gen podcaster, um, and they're all about like AI tools and stuff. And he, they made an entire ebook about just how to use chat GPT, like prompts, right? Because it's such a, like, it's so weird. If you've used chat GPT just by typing in things and hoping that you get the best response when like by with a few little tweaks, you can make chat GPT from like this little thing to like just a monster tool for everything. Like yes. you can take your podcast transcript upload it in there, ask it to create like a carousel post for Instagram with seven slides about the main topics or turn it into quote posts about the main topics or like, obviously you can turn the whole thing into a blog, like really easily. Like it's, um, and then I don't know much about uh, Zapier, but I've like, people keep bringing it up over and over and over again. So that's another thing that I would love to implement into our own process. Um, Mm -hmm. we definitely use a lot of AI and we use, uh, VAs as well. We have, um, project manager and assistant from Philippines who are absolutely phenomenal. And, um, so, so yeah, but I think, um, I think what you said is, is really, really valuable in this episode. Like I, I, I think, I think everything, everything you said, I learned something new from it, which is huge because like we're deep in this industry. So, and, and there's things that we don't even know about. And so our clients or the people listening, um, it's just really valuable. So, um, 
thank you for well, that. I appreciate that. And, and I will say that, you know, to me, that's what makes, <clears throat> that's what has made my podcast successful is I cut the BS. I tell, I, on my intake form, on my guest request intake form, I let guests know, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to agree with everything you say. Mm-hmm. I'm actually probably going to disagree. I'm going to push back and I'm going to help you. I had a, a really big podcaster on my show a few months ago and he was kind of giving me the fluffy stuff. Mm. I was like, dude, I've heard everybody knows this stuff. Like, how do you go a podcast, bring guests on your show? Like, we get it. Yeah. Give me something <laughs> better. And and we were able to get he actually shared some secrets, you know, because you know, I want to make sure that if a guest listens to the show, I, I want to make sure that everybody listens to the show is walking away with stuff that's actionable and different, something they maybe hadn't thought about or heard before, because that's where the growth comes from. That's where you're going to grow your damn business is when you're learning new stuff, not what worked five or 10 years ago, but what's working now and what's going to work in the future. That's where the growth comes from. Yeah. I love yeah. it. And people are going to remember you for providing them with that type of value. And because it's part of, part of, your podcast is part of your whole kind of um, personality and you can really tell like you, you get to it, you get straight to it and you know, your you know, your stuff. So um, yeah, I think we're, we're pretty much winding down here. Um, I thank you for spending these 35 minutes with us. It means a lot. And I think yeah, I've said that a few awesome. times now, but it does, it does mean a lot. Seriously, you get it. You know what it's like when someone comes on your podcast, who's bigger than you are and takes the time to, to help out. So really appreciate that. Um, where can people find you? Where do you want them to go? Thanks, Lean. Thanks, Justin. Uh, you can find Mark's Font Media wherever, I don't know, wherever you shop for toys. I don't know. Mark's Font <laughs> Media, wherever, wherever you go. And uh, I will be there. And you can, of course, listen to the After Hours Entrepreneur on your favorite podcast platform. Glad that's, to share your yeah. year. That's where we want you to go. Uh, After Hours Entrepreneur, 100%. Podcast is awesome. Seriously, there's like... Also, like Patrick Bet David, there's like so many guests on there. I, I was scrolling through and I was like, this guy's coming on our show. Like, this is sick. Um, yeah. So, okay. Yeah, he was After really excited. Hours Entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, I was. I came into the other room and I was like, you know, like how big Mark's podcast is? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but all of that will be in the show notes. Uh, we'll, we'll drop your links down there um, and maybe share the raw file with you. Oh, right? That's a tip from the episode. Smart yeah. move. Smart yeah, move. Right? I like it. I like it. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Mark. And any closing remarks or keep, keep trying new things. Keep trying new things. Keep trying new things. I keep trying new things, people. Keep trying new things. <laughs> keep trying new things five times. Perfect. Perfect way to end. <laughs> Seriously though, keep trying new things. hundred um, percent. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Okay, so you made it this far, which means you probably found something or learned something valuable from this. So don't be selfish. Please share it with somebody else so that they can learn something from it too. That's all we ask for all this free content. We're trying to build a community and help as many people as possible do better in podcasting, make better podcasts, get more from their podcasts in less time. That's our goal here. And if you want to support that goal, then just click the link and send it to one person who you know would love you for it.